Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. This is Isaiah 22b, Yeshayahu 22b. And this is Saul Weinerb, your host for this podcast. The remainder of chapter 22 continues the theme of the first half of the chapter. In the first half, Yeshayahu, Isaiah, criticized the people of Yehuda, of Judah, for their reliance on themselves and their own strength and their forgetfulness of God and the resulting cowardice in the face of challenge. What we learned there in the first half in the last podcast was how when people are arrogant and believe in themselves, in the end, when the pressure is on, when the enemy is near, they act cowardly and run and capitulate to the enemy. And only when one is humble and recognizes that true strength comes from God alone, that's when they can be brave and fight valiantly to defend their just cause. Here, in the second half of the chapter, Isaiah, Ishayahu, turns his attention to a leader of the time who represents the arrogance of the time, someone who thinks of himself as mighty and strong and honorable and great. His name was Shebna, who was the scribe of the king, who also seems to have been the head of the king's treasury. And Ishayahu calls him out for what he really was, an arrogant and self-serving pleasure seeker, who will in the end capitulate and become a traitor <coughs> to the people of Judah and capitulate to the Assyrians. According to Jewish traditions, when the Assyrians ultimately besieged Jerusalem, and it appeared as though they would be victorious over Jerusalem and its defenders, Chizkiyahu and his loyal followers, encouraged by the prophet Yeshayahu, stayed loyal to God and refused to capitulate. But Shevna became a traitor and tried to hand over Jerusalem to the invaders in order to save his own skin. In the end, tradition tells us that the Assyrians, assuming that Shevna was a lying traitor, executed him in a brutal way by tying him to the tails of horses and having them run and drag him along the ground. Let us begin by studying the second half of the chapter, starting with verse 15. So God said to me, Yeshayahu said, Lech bo el go to this sochein, al shevna Sherlabayas, to the man named Shevna, who is in charge of the king's house. The meaning of the word sochein is not completely clear, as in other places Shevna was referred to as the king's scribe. Many, and this is likely the proper translation, that he was the minister of the treasury, but it was also translated by one of the major commentators, Rashi, as a pleasure seeker, from the same language used as that used by Avishag, who was a concubine given to King David when he was old as a source of pleasure for David. She was also called a sochenet, the feminine form of this Hebrew word sochen. It is not unlikely at all that this could be the meaning of this term here, as we shall see later today. Malachafo. What are you doing here, Umilachafo? And whom have you here? It seems that Ishayahu has met Shevna as he was preparing and designing and building his own lavish tomb, which was something reserved in those days for the royalty and the high officials. cover that you're building for yourself here a tomb. Oh, you who have hewn out your tomb all the way high up in, in high places and you're breaking into the rocks and digging a resting place for himself. Who do you think you are? It is fascinating 
that in the 19th century, archaeologists actually uncovered an inscription that was on top of a tomb that was later excavated in the area that we have found many other finds from the time of Hezekiah, of Hezekiah and Isaiah and Yeshayahu, that eventually the inscription was read as the inscription on top of a tomb. And what it read was, here lies, then there's a blank for several letters, Yahu, which is the end of a name, the royal steward, with the same language of Asher al-Habayit, the same language used here, the one who was on over the house of the king. And the inscription continues, there is no silver or gold here, only his bones and the bones of his maidservant with him. Cursed be the man who opens this. Because of its location and the time to which the tomb was dated, it's highly likely, although this is not certainly not certain, that what it really said was Shevnayahu, which would have been common for many names would have the end Yahu, which means of God, Shevnayahu. And um and that the name Shevna was was wiped out. In fact, the part that was wiped out corresponds to the space that would have required exactly those letters. The inscription was, of course, in Hebrew. Um, interestingly, he was being buried with his amma, with his maidservant, which is unusual. Why would someone have in their tomb just him and his maidservant? Unless you take literally sochen in the same term as sochenet, meaning a pleasure seeker, one who was constantly seeking pleasure, it may not be that difficult to imagine why Shevna was being buried with his maidservant rather than his wife or a family member. It may be the case, and although this is definitely going way out on a limb, but it could very well be that it was his name was crossed out because he was so denounced by Ishayahu, although, again, I do admit that this is definitely conjecture but it's certainly possible and a plausible explanation for that inscription. So let's continue studying. So Yeshayahu then criticizes, continues to criticize Shevna as he is building this lavish tomb for himself. God is about to shake you around, shake you up, man, you guy. And he's going to wrap you around himself. Kadur al Eretz, Rachvat Yadayim. He will wind you around and around like a like a headdress, like a turban, um, uh, off to a broad land. He's going to send you out. Shama you're going to die out there. And that's where the chariots bearing your body are going to be. You're going to be a shame of your house and your family. And I will hurl you away from your your um, station where you stand now in such a high and lofty place in the king's house. And from your ma'amad and from your position, I'm going to tear you down. As we mentioned above, tradition teaches us that after Shevna betrayed his people, he ended up being torn apart in a gruesome, awful way by the Assyrian army. And it will be on that day that I'm going to replace you by with my servant, says God. Eliakim ben Chilkiyahu. Eliakim, the son of Chilkiyahu. And I will dress him in your cloak. And I will wrap, gird him with your belt. 
And your rulership, your position in the government, I will give to him. And he will be like a father, like a leader for the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the house of Judah. And I'll place the key to the king's house on his shoulders. And he will decide when the doors open and close of the king's treasury and no longer you. And I will establish him like a peg in a solid, trustworthy place. And he will be for an honor for his father's house. Because you, Shevna, are a coward. And you, Shevna, are arrogant. And you, Shevna, are doing this for yourself. He, on the other hand, El Yaqim, will do it for the honor of the house of the king, for the honor of the people, and most importantly, for the honor of God in a humble way. That is how this chapter, the second half of the chapter, follows from the first. After criticizing the people for being selfish and arrogant, he starts to go after one of the most important corrupt leaders of the time. And the entire honor of his house will be dependent on him. He was from an honorable family, but he's going to become so high and important that his whole family is going to say, Oh, we are the family of El Yaqim. And those that come out from him, his descendants. The, the, um, all of the things of his father's home, the sprouts and the leaves and the vessels and the bowls and the jars, it seems to be that these are the, the, the treasury of the king that he will be in charge of. But there's various ways to interpret this verse. But the idea is the same that El Yaqim will take over charge. Bayomahu on that day, Nuam Adonai Tzvot says God, Tamush hayatera takua b'makom namon. The, the uh, peg that was stuck in, in a solid place before is going to fall out. In other words, Shevna, that one that you were up there in so high place, that's v'nigd av v'naflav v'nichras ha'masa sh'olea ki Adonai diber. It's going to be like a peg, like a hook that loaded too much stuff. You, Shevna, your load is just too much, and that peg, that hook in the wall is going to just fall out of place, and it's going to be replaced by another, by El Yaqim. Thank you for studying chapter 22. Looking forward to studying chapter 23 together.